Hello fellow pilots and podcast listeners. Welcome to the Alaska Pilots Podcast and part two of my conversation with Will, Joe, and Chewy. In this episode, we will continue our discussion on the uniform, talk about some of the things your MEC is doing in the face of these frustrating interactions with management, and what pilots can do to play an important role in helping the MEC carry out its strategic plan. Since part one of this episode was released, your MEC made a comprehensive uniform proposal in the form of a letter of agreement. In the episode notes, I have placed a link to that document and a letter MEC Chairman Captain Will McQuillan sent to VP of Flight Operations Captain John Ladner. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman Captain David Campbell. Let's get back to our conversation. Will, in the last several weeks, there's been, you know, let's call it a difference of perspective between management and the MEC on the issue of the uniform. Can you give some perspective on that, some backstory of why that might be? Yeah, their perspective is they were waiting on us for a comprehensive proposal after we had asked several key questions related to style. Without ever (laughs) bothering to revisit the subject and say, we're waiting on you for a proposal. And and that is something that's kind of key here and maybe that that I, I said don't want to get into the weeds but the thing that's frustrating on on this issue of the uniforms is that f- every week that we have a negotiation session or session scheduled there's a proposed agenda that goes out and there's always an ask of and anything that you'd like to discuss what would you like to add to the agenda and the company declined for all those weeks to put uniforms on the agenda to discuss or to clarify their position that they were waiting on a comprehensive proposal from us. So that's the most frustrating thing is that we get greeted with a, well, you know, we're moving on without you letter, um, which I don't know in what world that's acceptable. Uh, I I don't know how that would be received if pilots suddenly decided that the contract didn't matter. But but regardless, uh, you know, they've had the Well, I think, Will, that, you know, going back even further, uh, with respect to the uniform issue, I know we communicated with management several times uh, prior to where we are now that, you know, look, you you have an obligation to share this uniform with us and seek approval from us uh, with respect to the contract uh, before you move forward with it. And it was very much a last-minute thing to come to the MEC and finally deliver uh, uh, you know, examples of what it was they, they plan to use as a uniform. And again, I would go back to where's the partnership? Why not make us actual partners so that we're not once again, as usual, trying to undo things after the fact? And, and that's where we find ourselves now. And whether it's closing a crew base or hymns or uniforms, whatever it is, this is, this is the constant pattern we see we know what's best. We'll tell you how it's going to be. And, and it just doesn't work. And, and this is just another example. One, one thing I kind of want to get on that, that I think Joe just brought up, too, is that I think that really what they want is they want to have an airline that's non-unionized. I, I think that they want to be able to manage 
situations and uh, expectations in the contract as they see fit and that it, more often than not working with the union is an inconvenience that they really don't welcome. Um, I know that some people have tried to correct that narrative, but it, well, things that we haven't even brought up here. For example, we all know that, that at some point in time we're going to deal with a proposed return to service of the MAX, correct? And the fact that the company was well down the tracks of a plan for that to happen without involving us, the pilots, who are going to fly the thing uh, in terms of and, and making bold assumptions about our support of its return to service before we even have feedback from our own committee members who are deeply involved in studying this and Alpa National. That's the kind of assumptions and kind of that brash arrogance is that the, the uniform's an inconvenience. Mutually agree just, ah, that's just, a, we'll, we'll get there. That's not a big problem, you know. Everybody should just, just be happy. It'll be just fine, right? Trust us. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me like when they purchased Virgin and noticed that they had a pilot rule book, they thought, hey, how can we get one of those? <laughs> a book yeah. of suggestion? Exactly. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Joe speak speak to that somewhat, but for those of us, I mean, I did a brief post-9-11 stint at, at uh, SkyWest, and that was one of the key frustrations, was things that are allowed to change without any pilot input. It's the whole reason yeah, you have a union. Not- that's not a good situation to be in, and and uh, I think every every pilot should be, be concerned whether it's scope or a number of other issues that uh, we lack sufficient ang- language on. That this, this management team has demonstrated that they will, given the opportunity, they will they will uh, you know make changes and and go outside of industry norms if it suits suits their needs. Um, you know, and and I think we should all be concerned about that. I you know when you look at when they talk about flexibility and the ability to do whatever they need to do to meet market demands or profitability or this and that, whatever excuse they want to use for the decisions they make, uh, you know, we need to recognize that all of their vendors, all of their contractors that they work with, they sign contracts. And in those contracts are language. And they don't get to go to an aircraft supplier and say, well, you know, we don't like this uh, part of this contract here, so we're going to go ahead and change that, or we're going to ignore this, or there's no language here, so we're just going to arbitrarily do that. You know, they have to partner with these vendors, with these contractors. They enter into contracts. Uh, This pilot group is no different. We're providing a service to the airline. We're highly trained professionals. Uh, We have tremendous responsibility and authority out there on the line. Uh, we are a key part of the airline's success. And the idea that they don't want to treat us as partners to me is, is absurd. You know, it, it, they, they, should, they should want that partnership. They should want that relationship. That's going to make the airline better. It's going to make the airline more successful. It's going to make our careers more secure. And it's concerning to me that uh, they live in a world where they think that partnership isn't isn't important, isn't necessary. Right. And I was joking a little bit about the pilot rulebook reference, but as we're seeing management attempt to move more and more items from the mutual agreement language that exists in a CBA into the FOM, it's, it's very much like trying to generate a pilot rulebook out of a contract. Yeah, and, and we've actually gotten questions from pilots about that, which is, well, isn't the FOM the same? Now, um, I'll try not to be too shocked by that question, but the reality is, is obviously one is a company 
handbook that can be revised uh, at whim, and the other is your contract. But uh, let, let's start with that understanding, please. And we've seen and places. Bas- go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say it's basically it, it, they are saying we want the option to do something that we know you won't like without asking you, without negotiating with you. We, we, want, we want to hold out that option that if we don't like the status quo, that we can change it randomly without your approval. That, that is basically what they're saying by putting it in the FOM, and the HIMSS program in the FOM. And that is what's so devastating, I think, to most of us that, that really want to see a solid program is any HIMSS program is based no, to no small extent on trust in the program and that erodes trust. And so if you're looking for the safest, most effective program, that's not the roadmap to get there. And again, I'll extrapolate that perspective into the other areas of the contract that if pilots can't find uh, a reason to be concerned about hymns or uniforms or what we've talked about today, is just imagine when that perspective finds its way into other portions of the contract that touch your life daily much as we've expressed a desire to not get too deeply into the weeds, I think pilots do have a, a number of things that they, they've got specific questions about with the uniform. Isn't that right, David? That, yeah, that is. And, and so you're right. I, we don't really have time to go through all of the details. But if, if pilots do want to hear more about this issue at that level, what, where can they get that information? Uh, either on uniforms or hymns or anything that's going on, that relationship and that, that information comes from your reps. You know, at this point, every pilot should know how to be in touch with their reps, how to ask those questions. And if you want uh, blow by blow of what's gone on, the, the reps are your primary contact. They'll be happy to talk to you about how they feel this has gone. Yeah, and they've been intimately involved from all of those of steps, course, so right. they, they can fill you in. Well, of course, the behavior that we've been witnessing from management is frustrating. How is that affecting our plan and and what we're doing? Essentially, it's not affecting it at all. We do have to react on a daily basis to certain details. But as we set out in our strategic plan, it took us over a year to actually put into place. And as we've shared with the pilot group, the executive summary of it, we had an approach to section six negotiations already laid out and we have not altered from that we are executing our plan and the company is reacting to us oh sure i mean i our strategic plan as as chewy said was was developed over a year and and a lot of thought went into it a lot of discussion from all the key stakeholders within uh, the union structure and uh you know, management's now forced to react to it. We are not in a reactionary mode. As Chewy said, there are day-to-day things that we have to address, but uh, we are executing the plan that we spent a lot of time put together. And, uh, you know, management may be a little frustrated, but, you know, that's that's as a result of, of all the, the planning we did. And while this situation is frustrating, I don't think it's hopeless. Joe, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think uh, as an MEC, you know, whether it's an MEC or a corporate management, I think you can see that certain cultures develop over time. I think as the former Virgin MEC chairman, uh, when we first started interacting with the Alaska MEC, uh, 
I, I, it was an interesting mix because I think we had some different philosophies and, and different cultures. And I think in my time being involved with Alaska Airlines management and, and MEC, I've been very much encouraged by what I see is as a shift in the culture. And, you know, we've heard this from feedback from pilots that they're encouraged that their MEC communicates better with them, that we're more engaged with them, more responsive to them, that we are standing up for, you know, what it is they want to see improved. And, and I think there's this, I've seen a rise in optimism among the pilot group that, uh, that there is a, a, a chance that we can get a good agreement uh, this time. And, what we haven't seen is a, a change in culture with management since I've been involved uh, with Alaska Airlines. I, it's essentially a lot of the same behaviors uh, that we saw way back in the TPA negotiations going on. But uh, I, I do believe meaningful change takes time. I think this MEC is doing all the right things uh, to get the pilot group involved, to make management understand that the status quo is no longer acceptable. Um, I've told my guys several times that sometimes dealing with Alaska management is, you know, it, it feels like things aren't changing, but, but they are slowly. Uh, at times you feel like we're, you know, captaining a super tanker with a rudder the size of a chiclet. But if you look behind the ship and you look at the wake and you see there, things are turning. And, but it's, so, it's going to be so important going forward uh, this, you know, ALPA is a bottom-up organization, and that, that is true both at the national level and at the local level. The, the officers and the reps can't do this alone. So it's going to be, this is going to be a group effort. It's going to take everyone uh, getting involved, staying, staying informed, and being part of this process going forward. But uh, I, feel, I feel confident that, this, uh, that our culture is changing for the better and that uh, this MEC and this pilot group can do th great things. Yeah, and I would absolutely jump on that, Joe, because I've been asked that question in different ways about, well, why, why should I believe that this will be different this time? Why should I believe that given the fact that, that we're dealing with the same management team, that this should be different? And uh, you hit it on the head is that you have, despite the fact that there were predictions, wild predictions to the opposite, um, an MEC that's come together uh, from the two former airlines that is hitting on all cylinders. Those uh, reps are one body, they speak with one voice, they communicate constantly with one another, and they have a shared vision. Uh, the committees are hitting on all cylinders, and the work ethic of everybody who's involved in the volunteer structure um, is, is really, really strong. So, you know, there, there's certainly, w the only thing that we need now, as you said, is uh, maybe a little bit of pilot support to to push behind that as we get into the more difficult uh, difficult subjects. And what can the pilots do to support? What What is their role? Pilots, well, obviously we've said before, is to stay informed, stay engaged. And the, the informed part, I realize that maybe emails aren't a whole lot of fun to read, but they become your responsibility in, in negotiations. And everything that we're saying to you in an email is in the spirit of transparency, it has a purpose. It's either to inform you, to make you aware, to persuade you that you need to pay attention because something that concerns us should be concerning you. Um, so, you know, read everything. Um, 
the podcasts, whatever medium we communicate with you in, participate in that. Show the unity. Management absolutely watches and keeps score when they walk through the terminal and they see company lanyards instead of Alpa lanyards. You're welcome to wear an Alpa lanyard whether or not it's day one on the property or you're like Chewy and you're like 500 years on the property, right? Um, Your unity pins, your Alpa pins, uh, those are certainly also a way to demonstrate unity. Be at an LEC meeting. Have a regular conversation with your reps, right? And at some point when the focus changes and perhaps we have uh, unity rallies, informational picketing, something like that, well, then by all means, if they know and they will know that 700 pilots could be available for a picket, they're going to count the heads out there and decide whether or not uh, the pilots are are in support or not and they will either increase or decrease the size of the check they're willing to write in order to get this contract ratified. Joe, do you have anything else to add about what pilots can do to help support this effort? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's super important to know the contract, pick it up, read it, be familiar with it, uh, defend it. It's our contract, defend our contract and, you know, take a little bit of time and, you know, this is this is a CBA, this is your retirement, this is your job security, this is your pay, this is your work rules, your schedule, your life. This isn't some abstract, obscure uh, issue that, that's going on here. And, and pilots really need to uh, take it for the serious subject that it is. So you might, you know, maybe, maybe going to a uh, pub event or a uh, meeting or uh, a, a coffee event means you miss uh, a child's baseball game or you miss your favorite TV show one night. But, you know, it's everyone's, it's shared sacrifice. It's, you, you don't just elect your MEC reps and, and your officers and, you know, hit autopilot and walk away. It's, it's, everyone has to be involved. Obviously, the level of engagement uh, at the uh, officer level and the rep level is, is higher. But, even the average line pilot needs at least know your contract, make every attempt to communicate with your rep uh, now and then, and uh, you know, come to a meeting if you get an opportunity. Come to a, uh, a you know a, caf- a coffee event, listen to the podcast, read your emails. These are all just simple ways that every pilot can be engaged and, and be part of the process. Yeah, I think there is a direct relationship with the negotiating committee's ability to move the needle with pilot engagement. And when they sit across from management and management believes that indeed the negotiating committee speaks for the pilot group, and when the pilot group can say, Miami C speaks for me, that's when there is power and ability to move. I would say that all three of us in this room as former and current chairman have seen that firsthand. You've been at the table as ex officio members and seen the difference between when they know that the pilots are really engaged, paying attention to a topic, and that there will be backlash if it's not resolved positively. That that there's a whole different atmosphere in the room. Absolutely. You know, when you send your negotiators into the room to negotiate with management, you you want that that is the the uh, ammunition that's in their back pocket that you're sending them in with you know the fact that they have the full support unyielding support of the pilot group and 
you know, without that, they are they are compromised. They don't have the strength that they otherwise could have. And so that's why when the average line pilot wonders what difference does it make, it makes a huge difference. And if, if you don't believe that, ask an officer, ask your uh, negotiators, ask them how important it is that they know that the pilot groups behind them, and more importantly, that they know the, the management knows uh, that the pilot group stands behind their negotiating committee. We saw a great example of that during the JCBA negotiations. The first Seattle rally, uh, there was was well attended, and immediately after the first Seattle rally, um, new faces were seen at the table. Uh, Mr. Minicucci actually showed up at the table at that time, who was not a regular member of the negotiating team at that time. And it's a very specific example of what a difference it makes when they look out and see over 300 uh, pilots outside the airport, we saw immediate results at the table. And I think too that when you talk about know your contract, and I realize that this contract, or as I always say, it's the, the money and days off book, uh, to, to know that contract is to be able to influence and, and your paycheck and your days off. And we do have people who are new to this contract. Um, if you have questions, there are resources available. That's what contract compliance is for. Everybody should be able to pick up the phone, call, and say, how does cancellation or illegality makeup work? You know, terribly complex subjects that you may want to see changed in the next contract, and, you know, we'll get there based on your feedback. But for now, know it. Don't, don't leave your money and days off to someone else's discretion. That's true. Well, I think... You know, that's an important point, too. The more you know your contract, you know what's wrong with it. And, uh, you know, you can communicate with your rep about changes you'd like to see. And, and you're only going to be able to do that if you know what's in there. Okay. Well, guys, we've covered a lot today. Let me try to recap what we've been talking about before we wrap this up. We've put out a lot of communications in the last few weeks about hymns and uniforms not just because those issues are important, but really because how management has dealt with us regarding those issues has revealed much about them. We see a trend and desire on their part to move away from mutual agreement language and for a preference to the FOM, and generally to capture more control. This should be a concern to pilots because that perspective may soon be applied to other parts of our CBA, such as scheduling, work rules, and the like. The MEC is working well and executing its plan, which management has been reacting to. While these are frustrating times, they are also hopeful. Pilot engagement and support for this plan and MEC will be the engine that drives us forward. So I think that pretty well captures what we've been talking about. So before I bring this whole thing to a close, does anyone have any final comments? One of the key asks that we have of our pilots you know, that the strength and unity, that we're all stronger together, and that starts with talking to one another. Flight Path was a wonderful opportunity for everybody to get together from different backgrounds, different fleets, different experiences, and share your, your frustrations, share your experiences, share what you've seen as best practices at other carriers. 
we've now started these bids where people are now not just in crew rooms together, but literally going to be in cockpits together. We need to continue that mentorship of each other. We need to be stronger together. We need to share the experiences of what's happened at this property in the past. Everybody who is a legacy Boeing pilot can speak to everything from furloughs to casher um, to any number of of things that have defined us as a pilot group and so can the airbus community and i i highly highly encourage that that we all it it starts and ends with those communications on the flight deck yeah i was going to jump in there the legacy virgin pilots have a wealth of the same kind of information about dealing with managements and what has worked what has not worked with the value of being unified and working as one team and they've certainly seen, uh, unfortunately, when you know you don't have mutual agreement on language or you don't have a true partnership with management, how that can can turn out poorly. Perhaps Joe would love to speak to that. Yeah, correct. You know, having spent most of my career as an Alpha pilot, uh, you know, I was part of the original organizing uh, group that uh, Virgin America. I was part of one of the six uh, pilots that got that uh, organizing campaign underway and and you know it, it wasn't as may come to a surprise to many primarily about pay more than anything it was about issues of job security and and not wanting a a uh, suggestion book but an actual contract and uh, you know management you know needs to be have their held feet held to the fire they have fiduciary responsibilities and we are not at the top of their list of concerns and and that's why it's so important uh, that, that we have a contract and that we uh, defend it. Well, gentlemen, thanks for coming in today. I, I really appreciate it. I think our pilots will appreciate it. Thank you, David. It's uh, it, it, these are these are important issues. I'm glad we're getting in front of the pilots and had the opportunity to talk about it. Yep, appreciate the opportunity. And as always, these are nothing more than an opportunity to invite the pilots to pick up the phone, call their reps, and continue the conversation, uh, especially if it just sparks more questions and certainly if it sparks more input. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great to be a part of this MEC and, and this outstanding pilot group, and I look forward to seeing more of, more of you out online. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman Captain David Campbell. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you find these useful. If you do, please be sure your fellow pilots are aware that these podcasts exist and how to download, or even better, subscribe. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 